Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I am pretty good as well. Yeah. Trying to get a bunch of stuff done before I leave to go out of town for 10 days. So. Always a... Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to that um, spiritual retreat with my friends. That 10-day retreat. I don't think I heard you talk about that. Good for you. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's only 10 people going to be there. So I thought I had talked about it. But, yeah, it's it's, been a, it's a small retreat. So it's like 10 people for 10 days, mm-hmm. so, which is, you know, which is a little bit. Feels a little close quarters to me, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I think I have my own room, so I don't think I have to share a room with somebody, which will help. Because you know, I think I have a place where I can kind of retreat. You know, retreat from the retreat. Yeah, retreat from. You know, I don't know. You know, no, I, I get it. Close, close quarters like that, and then there's a couple people there that annoy you no end, and. It can be rough. So, uh, anyway, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I don't even like going to the grocery store. People bug me so much. (laughs) I'm I'm such a hermit these days. Uh. Yeah. So, you know, it's 10 days, too. So, it's, it's a length of time. It's not like it's just you know, a weekend or even, you know, a four-day or whatever. I mean, 10 days just seems like a long time to be at retreat. Excuse me. So, bless you. Anyway, thank you. But, uh, you know, on the other side, I mean, I'm I'm very, I'm very grateful to get the chance to go, and I'm sure it'll be awesome. And, you know, just me being me, I just, I'm, you know, I'm such a, like, I'm somebody that is, like needs a lot of personal space and you know so I'm sure it's partly why marriage is hard for me so uh, you know I'm just going to go and do my thing and, you know if all else fails I have my car I can come home <laughs> oh good it's the other side of North Carolina so it's like a five and a half or something five about a five five and a half hour drive so, anyways, so it should be good. It should be good and a little nerve-wracking. So, but it's a total blessing to get to go. And, uh, 
anyways, so just getting ready for that, just trying to get everything done here that I need to get done. It's also that they're saying that cell service up there is super spotty and basically only works if you have Verizon and there really isn't. They have Wi-Fi, but the signal strength is really low. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, so it's, it's also going to be, you know, I'm going to feel out of the loop in that way. So, and I don't have Verizon, so um, I'll have to get up there and see if my cell phone works and, you know, what the schedule is like up there. So I may not be able to be on the call next week. Okay. Um, I'm just not sure until I get up there and I get up there Friday evening. So once I get up there and see what it's like, and I don't, you know, I won't, I don't know when, I don't know if they're going to give us a schedule or, she said something about, you know, deciding on the schedule when we get there, which, you know, I've, I've done other retreats like that, and it, and it always ends up, I've had to just walk away and come back when they finish because I just can't stand all the negotiation around it. I'd rather just, just set the schedule and let's just roll. So, uh, that's just my impatience. So. Um, oh no! It's like sitting through a um, a business meeting at a twelve step meeting, <laughs> like, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh no! No can do. Yeah. So, well, I, um, what are what are you excited about going? And how um, did you find out about it? And well, it's my it's my friend that I done the travel with so my friend that I went to Alaska and Thailand and stuff with um and the and who has the place up in Lake Arrowhead that I stayed at mm -hmm. over the summer before I came here so it's something she's been wanting to do for I don't know about a year and a half and she mentioned it to me before and but I think she, the time she wasn't quite ready to do it yet and so um Anyway, so she called me and said, hey, I'm doing this thing, and they're asking me to bring a plus one, so I want you to be my plus one. Will you go with me? And so I'm really excited to get to hang out with her because I haven't gotten to spend a lot of, you know, much time with her since I've moved here. So I missed them the last time I was in California. So I'm really looking forward to getting to spend time with her. And, you know, I mean – I'm really looking forward to being able to be in the mountains up there. You know, I like being out in nature like that. So I'm looking forward to being up in the Blue Ridge Mountains on the other side of Asheville. And, so, um, and I'm sure the retreat itself, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will enjoy it. Uh, admittedly, I had a little bit of a rough start with a woman who's facilitating it, um, just in terms of, you know, terms of the, the registration and payment and all that stuff, which I'm not paying for it, my friend is. And so, but she just kind of, I don't know. I felt a little almost about the, you know, it's just, it became like an annoyance with her about, you know, I talked to her on the phone. We agreed what the next steps were going to be and what we were going to do and, and by when, and then, she just kept messaging me about it, you know, like we agreed that I'd get back to her by X time. And, and she, like, messaged 
me about it three more times before, you know, the end of the week. So it was just, you know, and that stuff just kind of gets to me when I feel like somebody is like, like their fear or their, their whatever it is makes them start to be, it felt oppressive to me. And so I finally, you know, just said, look, I'll talk to, you know, I'll talk to Mary and I'll get back to you. And, uh, you know, so you don't need to keep kind of like reaching out to me. And then I talked to my friend and she said that when she talked to the woman the other day, you know, it kind of, she kind of, the two of them kind of bumped heads a little bit. So, you know, so I'm trying to be open-minded about it, but there's been a, a few bumps along the way to get there, which I think happens with any retreat. I mean, I think that's actually part of the process, uh, knowing what I know about any of the programs that I've done. You know, is that there's a lot of um, bumps like that along the way to getting to the, the retreat. So, and it's also just information for me to remember, you know, as I start doing things, uh, you know, how, how do I want to work that with people? So, um, but it should be a really, it should be, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with my friend. So whatever else we do and whatever else I get while I'm there, you know, will be, bonus for me because I'm really going to hang out and do this thing with my friend that's important to her and I'm positive I'll get a bunch of spiritual stuff out of it so you know I'm very grateful for that so it should be you know it should be a good good experience hanging out with her so I leave Friday so that's what's happening over here. What's that? I said, so that's what's happening over here. So, um, speak. Well, I can understand why you're having some trepidation. It's always stressful going out of town, number one. <laughs> right? It's good to have that weirdness. I was going to say, um, Sounds a little um, unprofessional, maybe, the organizer. Um, you know what? I, it's going to sound so terrible. It's, my, it's what my experience is when I'm doing things with people that do spiritual programs is that they're, they're all about the hippy-dippy woo-woo. And so exactly. They, so it's just more. And so I, I don't know if I would necessarily use this the term unprofessional because for me that's that's I don't know maybe it's just my interpretation of that word that, that tends to be a net have a negative connotation for me and I think it's just you know it's just been my experience it's just it's just that, that you know maybe unprofessional is the right word but when I think of that it has such a negative connotation and I kind of want to cut her a little slack around it I, I think it's just it's just been my experience with that kind of stuff is that there's you know there's a different protocol they use and you know which is part of why I've never kind of wanted to bill myself as anything like that because I I think it creates a context for people that's not how I want to be framed so maybe it is unprofessional I, I'd like to be viewed as more somebody who can operate in the professional world so yeah, maybe okay. I, it, brings, it. it brings to mind that uh 
couple of organizations I've interacted with who, um, yeah, they're they're spiritual organizations and they're they kind of believe in like oh turn it over to the universe and um, they're it's I, I've gotten great learnings but the actual like bookkeeping part of it they they're just not dialed in around the money part the money and logistics. Yeah, which they're can, not business which, minded. Yeah, they're not business minded. Which can create, I think it's a super important piece. I mean, it's just a really important piece to, you know, have somebody on staff who can herd the cats. Because uh, from a um, a participant's point of view, it's just my yeah. opinion. Anyway, yep. And I, you know, when I think back, there's, you know, there's been things that I've done where I just didn't, I didn't have the ability to have the, the necessary infrastructure to do it the way that I wanted to do it, and so it had to be done in a stopgap way. And so I'm trying to, you know, be mindful of the fact that, you know, I have had and probably will again have to do things in that fashion. So, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to create space in my in my perception about it so that I don't show up, you know, <laughs> in the in a hole. So, but yeah, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Is you know, it's it's been, you know, they're not, it, it's less business minded, I guess, and you know, and because I more come from the business-minded world and do spiritual stuff, I tend to think of the, you know, which doesn't make it right. It's just I tend to think of the business stuff first. So, uh, so yeah, it should be a good time, though, with my friend. So I'm super looking forward to hanging out with her. And so everything else is going to just be bonus points for me. So my main intention is to go and get to spend time with her on, you know, spiritual in a spiritual setting. So it'll be good. It will be good. And it's a total blessing to get to go and do this for 10 days. I mean, you know, I'm reminding myself of that. It's a total blessing to get to go do it. So, so anything about your week you want to, I don't know if Amanda's on. Amanda, are you there? I think maybe it's just the two of us chickadees right now. I so. saw it. A text, a te- Do you see the text come through from her? Um, yeah, it was just coming through as I was dialing in. So, exactly. yeah. Maybe, maybe she's talking to her sister. Yeah, we'll hold space for them. So, well, is there anything about your week you want to touch base about or the upcoming week or anything before we jump into the book? Uh, nothing comes to mind right now. Okay. This well, I'll just um, kick it off by saying this: this chapter was one of the harder ones for me to get my head around and digest. I don't know why. There's, there's it's, this chapter has a different quality to it than previous chapters. Hmm. So. <laughs> With that said, are you making breakfast or what are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I apologize. 
around. It sounds like there's a little kid that's sitting on the floor playing with the pots and pans or something. Oh my god! Oh no! I hate it when people do that on a call. I, I <laughs> no, I it's not a criticism. I was just curious what was happening. <laughs> well, you're very good natured, and I'm not good natured when people do that on a call. I, I very, very much apologize. Sorry. I'm done. Okay. I've got my, I've got my coffee. Like the nectar of life. Oh my god! That you were doing, but I was like, it's kind of taking a long time. I wonder if she's got something else is happening over there. I should check on her and make sure it's okay. No, I made my coffee too, so I understand. I apologize. It's okay. It's really okay. No, it's really. <laughs> no, well, the, the 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 cup I like was like buried under a sink full of dirty dishes. <laughs> that was the issue. And you know, at, no, normally if I'm on a call, I can mute myself, turn the volume up, so I can hear what you're doing and clank as much as I need to. And I think I just um I didn't have it on mute, so. I, oh, I feel bad now. Oh, please well, don't. It's because it was your coffee cup, and you just didn't have your coffee to think about it. I'm like, I, I gotta get the cup, and then there's I'm like, able to get it. A really, like a very, an entire day's worth of dishes, like with little bits of cat food in it. It was <laughs> so. <laughs> It was a project to get to the cup, but um, oh, you have prevailed. I have prevailed. That's the important I, part. You have prevailed. I paid, well, but yeah. I, I paid a heavy. I paid a heavy price because now I'm that person on the call. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> well, I want to encourage you to just not worry about it because I'm not. It was actually a source of humor for me, not, uh, not. It was just a source of humor for me. That's all. So, uh, I want to invite you to join me in the fun. Uh, oh, okay. All right. I'll let it go. But. <laughs> Ellen, don't be that person on the call. (laughs) (laughs) We used to have that expression about different things that gals would do, and it was like, don't be that girl. (laughs) I think there was a whole, like, meme thing around, you know, like, different things that, anyways, I've been that girl in many different ways in my life, so. uh, Oh, my God. Have fun about it. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Me and the freaking trash truck again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good lord. I'm going in the opposite direction now, though. It's going to be getting better. Time. uh, Time sensitive is, uh, or not time sensitive, (laughs) but uh, uh, reliable scheduling. Right, right. Exactly. scheduling. That trash truck comes every Tuesday morning during our call, so at least mm-hmm. you can touch clock by it. <laughs> it's like the gardener every time shows up whenever I'm 
you know, on a recording interview or something. Like, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reliable at all different times of the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I might have to pop off if my sister calls me back. I was encouraging her to calm the fuck down, and then she popped off. So. Okay. Because that always works with people who are upset. I was right? like, I was like, oh, you know, I was gentler than that, but she was like spinning out of control. Oh. And she's got today's her first day of school. She's going to esthetician school. She's been up all night with a dog who finally had a seizure this morning. Now the doctor's like, oh, this is probably an autoimmune. And she's freaking out because she, the dog got sick the day that she had a massive energetic block. So basically the dog took all of her stuff on, and so she feels guilty on top of not knowing what to do and being exhausted. And I was like, it's okay to be scared, and you cannot get through your day if you don't start breathing. <laughs> like, you have to make decisions here, and you don't want to do it from this space. So she she calmed down enough to say, I'm going to call you back after I make a game plan with my husband. So hopefully she's at least feeling a little more oxygenated She's a, she's a, she's got quite the trauma loop, man. And this dog is kind of her everything. So she's like a service dog that she got right after she miscarried. So it's all kinds of messy. So she might call me if I pop off. Please don't be offended. I just wanted to get on and say hi and participate as much as I could. Well, we will hold space for her. Puffy. Yeah. I was like, just call James. <laughs> just call James. You guys like a fucking dead eye. Don't do it. It's all, it's all energy. You know. When the, when the doctors scratch their heads and say, I don't know, you call James. That's just, <laughs> if not A, B. <laughs> so hopefully she'll get that support. And how are you? Um, you know, I'm pretty good. I uh started reading an amazing book this week. Um been really resistant with <laughs> there's one book as part of like the book club for practitioners and in Interlight and I saw it and I was just like first of all it's like an $80 textbook strike one second it's like a textbook strike two <laughs> you know the last few months I haven't exactly been excited about working at that level but this one, for this book club, it's called Becoming Supernatural. <clears throat> and it's taking, I mean, talk about 
understanding what's happening when you're applying the principles of Wallace Waddles. He's like talking about the neurology of story and what happens and how we get addicted to emotions. He has these amazing meditations that are the quick game changers. Like, my energy is completely different. Even Ryan's like, babe, you look different. What have you been doing? I'm like, I don't know. I just did this meditation twice, and holy crap. He's like, yeah. So, it's been a good week. I had a little, yeah. <laughs> a little funny, um, funny like a hole in the head situation yesterday. Um, you know, we were talking last week about competition and <laughs> operating in a space where other people are all about competition and we don't want to be. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the one client, one potential client contacted me to say, you're still in the running. I was like, um, all right. You know where to find me. Like, no big deal. And then this other one was really excited to work with. And then she, like, disappeared for a few months. Um, she sent me an email yesterday that's like, I can't believe that you were going to charge me more than you charge everyone else. Is it because I work at Nike and you think I have all this extra money? Like, and I have a bad taste in my mouth and it's been two months that I've been thinking about this. And I was like, what the hell happened? So I started looking back through emails because, you know, that shit makes my legs go weak. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't want people to feel that way when they think about me. And um, so it was when I changed the programs and pricing. And apparently I just confused her. I actually was trying to give her a really good deal and let her keep that deal. Um, And she took it as, like, she didn't see that I stripped down the programs but kept near the same pricing. So anyway, I spent a good portion of my day yesterday writing an email back to her trying to keep it as clean as possible. I mean, like, you know, I get that I live in an industry that does this crap all the time, but you have to know I spend a good portion of my time trying to figure out how to not do this. But I totally take responsibility for the confusion, you know. Looking back, I should have just left the original conversation where it was at instead of changing it. So, anyway, (laughs) I heard from her. But that's been my week, essentially. So, how'd you walk her through it? Um, I basically said that I was really sorry that she felt that way for two whole months, <laughs> um, but that it was that I believe that the situation was confusion um, that I was responsible for because I changed the packaging and pricing 
And so I, um, I, I re-articulated what the original contract was for and how it was like a three-month program for 8000 and then um, how I had to adjust it because I had people who don't have the belief that she does. You know, like she's like, I can write this book in a week. Well, most people are like, I don't even know what my message is. And you want me to sign up for three months, you know? So yeah. I said I had to, I had to strip them down so that they were a three day and a seven day. But I left the price high for those strip down programs. One because it was time for me to increase my pricing because I'm getting even better results in a week. And two, um, uh, that's where the most value is that I that people walk away with is in the matrix. So all the other stuff, you know. Um, anyway, so yeah, I pretty much explained it. And I was like, so essentially I was trying to keep you at the 8,000 for something that other people will probably pay, you know, at least times and a half, maybe twice as much for that amount of support um, moving on from now. So... I don't know. I don't know how she's going <laughs> to... Yeah. She might just feel embarrassed because it was like... It was really obvious that, you know, I'm I'm sick and tired of people taking advantage of me. And, you know, it was like that really hit on an old story for her. Um, so I was like, you know, I realized that a good portion of the people who crossed my path have been really disappointed and mistreated by other people who promised to help them, and that's not me. But, um, you know, I'd still love to work with you if this all makes sense. So I'm in her back, but I tried to just relay it out. The one thing that I did with her that I do regret is, one, I changed... I changed the, I confused her, right, by changing the game on her. But the second thing, too, was that I gave, I did one of those time offers, and I think that's what poked the scarcity button for her. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm still willing to honor that pricing if you want to move forward. So we should see. Good lesson. Well, good for you. Yeah. Bunch of, bunch of fun stories floating around this week. Good news is, though, that Ryan is making really good progress. He um, signed up to take some bud tending classes so he can work at a dispensary, like just a certification that will make him more hireable. And he signed up at his favorite dispensary to offer them. And it turned out to be, like, the guy who's been, you know, kind of, like, on the cutting edge of the cannabis industry, really pushing it forward for, like, 20 or 30 years. And he's an entrepreneur, and he owns a bunch of businesses, and he's a grower himself. He's kind of, like, 
who Ryan wants to be in 30 years, <laughs> you know, like, um, and they really hit it off. And there were all these things, you guys know, that part of um, is it the science of getting rich where he talks about um, the guy being thankful for the failure because he knew there was a better way unfolding. Oh, yeah. That story. So it was like one fucked up thing after another for scheduling. Like, it snowed, right? And they couldn't get out of their house. <laughs> so they canceled class. And then they redid it, but they didn't, like, it, you know, they just didn't do it all right. And he was getting really frustrated. And I'm like, but babe, you keep getting one-on-one time with this guy. Like, this isn't, he's not having the normal, you know, teacher-to-class experience that could be very impersonal. You, you're actually, like, asking him good questions, and he's giving you all these answers. Like, this is great. You're building rapport. And sure as shit, the guy was like, you know, I'm opening this new dispensary that's pretty close to you. Are you interested? Because <laughs> so Ryan went over there and checked out the place yesterday, and he showed him all around, took his resume. Turns out the guy lived, like, 20 miles away from us when we were in Lake Arrowhead, and it's just funny, you know? Like, I just kept telling him, like, I know it's just a, it feels like a shit show, but I think this is, like, a good thing because you're really being able to spend time with him and show him that you're trustworthy and, you know, interested. Like, you're not just getting a job. You want to, you're sharing your dreams with him of having your own place someday and growing your own special species and Anyway, so that's great. Yeah. He told him that he'd call him about scheduling this week, so fingers crossed that means the man has a job that he would actually be excited to go to every day. <laughs> and, and of course, I totally took credit for it because he was like, oh, my God, do you hear these geese? Um, he was like... Uh, you know, the guy is just, he's just an entrepreneur and he's just a little scatterbrained. He's like trying to take care of so many things at once and you can just tell. And he's like, I just realized that I need to just be the reliable guy. Like the one who's, you know, flexible for him to show up. If I do that, I'll build trust. And I was like, yeah, you know that role really well. <laughs> Basically, I'm the scatterbrained entrepreneur who he's always attached to. <laughs> Yeah, I live with someone just like you. (laughs) Who's like, oh, yeah, I have a retreat next week. And then the whole, you know, household goes up in arms. Like, I know how to play this game. So, anyways, I'm celebrating that. As if it's already happened. Because I think it has. I think it's a good thing. Things are moving. Yeah. Things are moving. So, Ellen, you're, uh, I'm going to jump into the chapter now. But, 
cool with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So, Ellen, you were saying something about, um, and Amanda, let us know how we can support you and what you got going on over there. Oh. I'd like to hear what how it goes with that client. I'm interested to hear how that goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll let you know when that unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep me in the loop. Uh, oh, well. Um, so, Ellen, you were saying something about this chapter being a little bit not. It was hard to get my head around. I. It's funny. Um, when I went to read it, uh, there's nothing highlighted from the last time. <laughs> and it might just be where I was at yesterday. But I, I sat here. I tried to read it. and try, I finally just gave up because I just could not. I don't know. It feels like it's got a different uh, something to it. It's different. It, it might just be where I'm at. I've been a little fuzzy-headed. Um, just a couple a couple days. Uh, see, I can't even talk. <laughs> I can't even talk. Oh goodness! Yeah, it's uh, peri- perimenopause. That's what I'm gonna say. I was, I couldn't focus at all yesterday, but um, also last time there I didn't highlight anything. So, but now I'm looking at the title, which I didn't even bother to read the title to transmute competition. So. I don't know. Any enlightenment you can throw my way. (laughs) But I did, you know what? I did like the very first italicized sentence. That I got my head around. Um, About the concept of, um, I think leaven is yeast. They're talking about. Well, I, I'm just picturing it being like, like yeast, but like you only have a tiny bit and you put it in the bread and then it makes its way through all the bread. So I, I just, I like the idea that was a different way to look at uh, limitless supply, just in general, the limitless supply of the universe. Um, remember we used the analogy that one time of the um, rivers of cash. They're just yeah. flowing right outside your door, and we just need to go and dip in the river and, and grab some. And then I, this is kind of a, a sort of a similar concept to me that, well, what I said, like if you if you feel like you don't have enough, you can use what you've got as seeds. Yep, and and frankly, I think that's what this whole chapter is about. What you just said, Ellen. I mean, <laughs> okay, it is because the title is to transmute competition, and the only way we can do that is inside of ourselves by believing that there's enough for all. And so, oh, if okay. I believe that there is enough for all, I don't ever have to compete with anybody for anything. 
because somebody getting is not an obstacle to me getting. And me getting is not an obstacle to somebody else getting. And so for me, if I were just going to talk about kind of like what was, what's the principle of this chapter or what is like the main like concept, I guess, of this chapter, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that prosperity is in everything and one little thing, because like the, the chapter in here where it talks about the seed, which I actually, actually loved that. Because the whole thing is that, you know, life is continually advancing towards more life. And so when it talks about the seed, drop a seed in the center of a field and the life in, uh, drop a seed in the center of a field. This is in the, on the second page of this chapter in my book. Um, the life in the seed at once becomes active. It ceases to merely exist and begins to live. Soon it produces a plant and a seed head in which there are 30, 60, or 100 seeds, each containing as much life as the first seed contained. These fall into the ground and in their turn begin to live, and in time there are a million seeds in the field, each containing as much life as the first seed contained. The life of the first seed by the mere act of living has increased a million fold. And that, you know, to me, when I think about this chapter, like that little section kind of sums it up, is that, you know, there's enough for everyone. There's more than enough for everyone. There's a million fold. And so by continuing to try and live a fuller life, that's how I can increase my experience a million fold. But I have to actually get into the act of living and doing things, which, you know, kind of goes back to thinking in a certain way and acting in a certain way from the original SOGR. So if I'm thinking in a certain way and I'm acting in a certain way, then those actions will help me to evolve to fuller and fuller life and ultimately to a fuller life a million fold. So if I were going to sum up this chapter, that's kind of how I would sum it up. And I just love the fact that it uses the example of, you know, the life of the first seed by the mere act of living has increased a million fold. Like that, like I can, I can visualize that like, whoa, one little seed created this huge field full of all these other plants and seeds. And so and then if I can take that picture and then, like turn it towards my life, then my life can be expanded a million fold, which in, a, in tons of ways that has been, right? I mean, start out as this little person, you know, I start out as this little person growing up in this little town in Michigan, you know, and who would have ever thought that, you know, that little kid, basically that little country bumpkin would have had the experiences that I've had, lived in several different states, you know, work at the different jobs that I've worked at that have caused me to work both domestically and overseas and to, you know, then get into recovery and know people both domestically and overseas. So every little thing about my life has been this thing that has expanded my experience and expanded my life and my awareness and 
my connection with a bigger world. So, you know, so for me, it's the reminder, you know, of life increasing itself. So that that's kind of that was kind of my primary takeaway from this chapter. So the more I expand my consciousness and my actions, then the more things expand. I also love the the idea of the eleven piece and like the the mind there was reminding me of this book I'm reading about like the field of energy that we live in, right? Like it's we're all we're all made of the same stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's like this idea that um <laughs> the force is working on our behalf because it's like I don't know how many times in that chapter he wrote something to the effect of like the purpose of life is to live more and live abundantly and that um, essentially the great mind or God or whatever you call it is working towards that end. Like everything is being worked towards that end. So I love that aspect of the chapter too. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know why we spend so much of our time why I spend so much of my time feeling like there's an opposing force out there when really it's just my own internal opposing force. <laughs> but um, it's good to have that reminder. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's within and without. So that force, like I'm aligned with the force. I'm part of that force. That force is a part of me. And I totally agree, Amanda. It's my own, my own thinking and my own stories and my attachment to all that stuff that is my obstacle. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about, talk about the devil, you know, and I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a concept I've never attached to that much because I, for quite some long period of time, have thought, you know, I create my own heaven and my own hell by what I think and how I act. And so it, it doesn't feel... Like the devil doesn't feel like it's something external to me. Oh, this is a good concept. I hadn't thought of it in this way. If the devil isn't external to me, then how can God be external to me? So interesting. It's been easier for me to to internalize the fact that, you know, heaven and hell, you know, are created by my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the devil. I'm just saying that, you know, I don't, I don't feel like the negative experiences are something external to me. Like, yeah, stuff happens in the world, and also my thoughts create certain experiences. So, man, I, I love this sentence in this chapter where it says, if a man desires any good thing in order to live his life more fully, that thing desires him also. Like, yeah. you know. Whatever it is I'm desiring, it's it's desiring me right back, which means I'm in a reciprocal relationship with the things that I desire, which I like the idea of that.
Very interesting to bring up the idea of the devil. Very interesting. And I'm thinking, I've never put a lot of thought into it because it always seemed to me like a scare tactic. Yes, agreed. <laughs> um, but, well, I don't know. It might be too early for me to formulate a real thought around that. But that is, it is an interesting thing to ponder. I, I'm When you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, the idea of how we're raised in our society, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, work hard, and you'll be rewarded. And sometimes in the course of all that, things don't go the way that we want them to. Um, And in my experience, I would think, oh, well, I've done something wrong. I didn't get the results they promised me. Therefore, this experience is bad or negative. Hmm. Um, But these teachings show me that, and we all know this, sometimes what looks like a quote-unquote bad result ends up being a really big blessing. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, even, God, even people's, sometimes even people dying, I mean, obviously nobody close to me, it's easy for me to talk about it this way when it's not somebody I love who's died, right? Like in a shooting or something. Um, but it's sometimes really good things come out of what looks like a tragedy. What is a tragedy? But sometimes really good things come out of it. So, I mean, like, here's a for instance, if I if I may, like the shooting, the Parkland shooting. Do you guys mind if I just use that as an example? I do not mind. Amanda? I'm good. Right. So, on okay, on the surface, I mean, obviously, it's a horrific tragedy that, quote, unquote, should not happen, should never happen. Um, I mean, and everybody has a different thought of, like, exactly why those things happen. But, oh, my God. Sorry. I'm so lame this morning. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so lame. Uh, But, so, okay, so my point being that sometimes things that, I mean, yes, they're horrible things. We would never want them to happen. We would never hope for them to happen. But then really good things come out of it. So we, I don't know, it's just, it helps me to look at things that happen to me in my life less as a failure, like, okay, so I, you know, I work hard, I do this, and then I don't get the results I I want. So I used to think, well, I must have done something wrong. I'm not good enough. God doesn't love me. This is horrible. I'm alone. But I have to look at it as, you know, God does love me. And I am working really hard to co-create 
with the force, the universe. Therefore, I mean, by logic, right, God heard my prayers and is influencing the situation, and this is the result that will take me to where I need to be. Am I making sense? You guys following my thought? Mm-hmm. Yep, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing to me. And it's something I always, uh, I try to work to understand it. So even if I don't get the result I was looking for, it's, and I can see it in my business. Uh, you know, like six months ago, what I thought was like the be-all, end-all solution and the direction I should be going in Um, you know, I pursued it and something, I got really negative feedback from the universe, (laughs) really negative. (laughs) Um, And so, but that's, it's not a failure. It's like Abraham Hicks says, it's just contrast and it's more information. I just have to see which direction it points me in. I'm not sure how I got there from our conversation, but I'm going to step off my soapbox. <laughs> oh, I think it's exactly what it, I think it's exactly what Amanda was saying. The part in the book where it talks about, you know, we've had a seeming failure. You know, I mean, if the, you know, if the guy doesn't get upset by something that appears to not be working because he believes that there's something greater coming his way, you know. And the book also says if things doesn't work out, then, you know, perhaps we haven't asked for enough. Mm. And so, you know, so for me, I what what I'm thinking about when I'm hearing Ellen is that for me to look at it from both sides, right? Are there things that I did to check the movement of something towards me? You know, because the original SOGR talks about that, right? We do all these things to get things in motion to us, but then we have thoughts or feelings or actions that check its movement towards us. You mean pumping the brakes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, whatever it is, like, like, you know, we do a bunch of things to create something coming towards us, but then we get into a fear mindset about it, which then checks the movement of it towards us. You know, okay. so for me, being able to sort out, you know, and just ask, be able to honestly ask myself, like, did I get into some of those thoughts or mindsets or patterns that check something coming towards me? In which case, you know, we can kind of atone for that, right, by getting back into the gratitude mindset and being grateful for what I have. Or is it that they hard no because it's actually like – you know, a universal redirect. You know, it's not a rejection so much as redirecting me somewhere else that is going to be better for me. And even if it was something where I checked the movement of it towards me, it doesn't mean that that can't be revitalized by getting myself back into thinking and acting in a certain way, you know, which is which is what I've been working on, you know, because I got here you know, and got moved in, and then I started doing all this stuff to help my dad, and then, you know, I kind of fell a bit off track with the continuity of my spiritual practice and doing some of those things for myself, and so, you know, so I've been working to get back on the 
back on the bandwagon, so to speak, and so that I can be back in the flow because it's my it's my inconsistency with certain spiritual practices that create the inconsistency and the the prosperous results. So it isn't it isn't being done to me. It's me not staying good and anchored in the practices that allow me to stay in the flow. And so it's my inconsistency. It's my lack of discipline. It's not it's not the universe doing it to me. My lack of discipline is is checking the movement of things towards me. And so for me to just be able to see that for myself, be honest with myself about that, and start to take actions to get back in line with being consistent and disciplined and not beat myself up about it in the process, which is not going to help me because all that, you know, guilt and all that stuff is just an obstacle to me being able to get back in the flow. You know, it's it's not going to help me float. It's going to cause me to sink and, you know, and feel like I got to be floating. I got to be floating on top of the water, not tying tying weights around my ankles. So, you know, I can accept responsibility for it. And that's the thing that I'm kind of playing with right now is, you know, being in the space of accepting responsibility without wallowing in guilt, which, you know, guilt is a common theme in my experience. And, you know, after the run-in I had with my mom last week to be able to actually see that that has that that was a pattern that got set up for me and so I can choose to not have that be a set point for me because it's been a set point for me you know feeling guilty about stuff that I had something to do with and feeling guilty about stuff I didn't have jack to do with but it just all got dumped on me and so being able to sort that out and say okay well you know guilt in and of itself like self-responsibility is a better place for me to live take responsibility for it, acknowledge it, do what I can do to repair and move on. And, you know, guilt doesn't have to be a place that I pitch a tent. And I learned it. It was a learned thing. And so I want to unlearn the um, over-responsibility around it. I just want to be like the rest of the poodles at the starting gate, just dealing with guilt in a normal fashion, like a normal human being. So, you know, so for me, it's sorting out those things and just being able to, you know, get back in me being in the flow and me, you know, being in that place of understanding that, you know, that thinking substance and the prosperity is everywhere in all things all the time. And, you know, it's not separate from us. And that that's the concept I've really been, like, ruminating about and kind of over the past so many weeks is that the thinking substance is not separate from me. It's in me. It's outside of me. It's running through me. So it, it's not an external thing. It is external, but it's also internal, and it's not separate from me. And I've still somewhat viewed it as separate from me. And I've still somewhat viewed God as separate from me as opposed to being one with me. Like that it's that, you know, that it was something I had to wait to show up. And it, it, I don't. It's in everything that I'm doing. And if I can align my actions with the God in me, then things flow easier. 
guess that's what I'm trying to say. So, personally, I actually, I loved this chapter. I felt like it was just right on time. And I like this part here. It says, um, the greatest of all facts to us is the fact that there is a mind in nature which desires us to have all things we are capable of using and willing to use, like halfway through the chapter, um, in the direction of fuller life, and that this mind is in the things themselves, tending to bring them toward us, and that if we take the right course, recognize this mind, and working with it, all things must come to us. Right? Yeah. Which is what we're just talking about. But this mind is the mind of the whole, not not of this mind is the mind of the whole, not of a part. And if we lose sight of the whole and enter into competition with our fellows for a part, we lose all. For competition of a part is virtually a denial and rejection of the whole. So that right there, that part right there, that's the most damaging part about the competitive mind and as I as I'm understanding it from this particular book. But this mind is the mind of the whole, not of a part. And if we lose sight of the whole and enter into competition with our fellows for a part, we lose all. For competition of a part is virtually a denial and rejection of the whole. Whoa. That's pretty doggone big right there. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, it, you know, gives us pretty, very specific information about, you know, the outcomes of getting into the competitive mindset which is basically we uncheck things and then, you know, we lose things. And so it was interesting. I saw myself have a little competitive mindset come up this week. And I was like, wow. So I was really glad that we've been reading, you know, this these chapters on competition because I got to see my brain like a totally go down a rabbit trail and I was like wow that's interesting huh okay like but because we're reading this I was able to just you know acknowledge for myself okay you are believing in lack you're believing in a competitive mindset which ultimately you know is not going to serve you and it's not going to serve humanity and it's not going to serve the people you want to serve so, you know, for me to be able to see it and acknowledge it and, like, think that whole little thought process through and then be able to, like, basically turn it over, you know, to God and say, okay, God, you know what, I can see that this is happening. I can see that this thing came up and I'm giving it to you because at the end of the day, you know, more people doing this is better. So, I mean, if somebody, you know, 
wanted to be doing the same thing I'm doing for the soldiers, so that would be better, not worse, right? Like it means more soldiers are having the opportunity to have a certain experience. And isn't that what I would want? And so, you know, but because somebody else in the in the racing world that's kind of known to be not operate with integrity is doing a specific charity event for a particular person, it just, you know, it had punched a button in me because I had on purpose not talked to this particular group about doing anything with me relative to the soldiers because I was like, uh, their MO is to get involved with somebody who's doing something really well, figure out how they do it, and then go off and do it themselves. Um, the same thing. So, and so I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to, you know, I don't think I want to do that. And I was like, well, you know what? If they saw that I was doing it and they decided to do one too, wouldn't that actually be good? Like, it would be good. It means that I would be doing it and they would be doing it. And, you know, more soldiers would be getting to have an experience. So, but it was interesting. I had to kind of reframe the whole thing in my brain. So, because I had this, like, moment of, like, you know, like. So, it was an interesting little rabbit trail to have gone down, so. But that's not who I want to be. I want to be that person that's like operating out of fear or lack or, you know, not wanting someone else to have and do and, you know, because whether they act with integrity or not on them, not me. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just my job to act with it. So it was a fascinating little journey I took with myself. Those are the main things that I had. I mean, I had some other little things underlined that basically covered them in the concepts we were talking about. Sorry, was somebody going to say something? I was, but it flew out of my brain. Oh. Well, does that kind of help fill in some of the gaps around this particular chapter, Ellen? Yeah, it totally does. I, yeah, I couldn't get past the first page or the first three paragraphs. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think I was just a little spacey um, yesterday. A, a, a couple times a month, I have a day where I just can't focus. I think it has to do with um, hormone fluctuations. And uh, I, I know I talk about that a lot, but my perimenopause journey has been uh, pretty dramatic. And uh, mm. so I think I think when I, uh, when I have a day like that, I, I just, I cannot focus. My brain is not, it's a better day for me to not try to, uh, comprehend like do reading comprehension it's a better day to like organize papers or I I clean my studio I organize my studio 
uh, I just was not able to comprehend the words because I noticed <laughs> this morning that um, I hadn't read the title of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I think it was just my headspace when I was trying to read it. Totally yeah. my headspace because when I looked at the chapter, so interesting how the like the way that I approach a task has such an impact on my success or failure with the task. So I looked at the chapter and I flipped through to see how long it was to see is you know do I have time right now to read it? And my first thought was, uh, oh, I didn't highlight anything last time. I wonder what that, why that is. Mm. And I just, and I didn't even read the title. It's so so interesting. So so interesting. It just, uh, it shows me how I can get so hyper focused on one aspect of something. And I constantly need to remind myself to focus on what I want, what's the outcome, what's the goal of the task that I'm doing right now. And then I can then I can let myself slip into the zone where my my conscious mind is not as engaged with what I'm doing, but it's so important for me to focus at, at the beginning of a task. Like, what's my goal right now? And then slip into the gap. You know, slip into the creative mind space. <laughs> Man, I, stared, I literally stared at this chapter for like a good 15 minutes yesterday before I gave up. And I didn't even read the title of it. <laughs> I had a day like that on Friday. I was like, I, yeah, 11.30, I was just like, you know, I'm done with today. I'm just done. Like, you know, but you should get work done. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to lay on the couch now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is actually what I need. Shut up. And then I had people contacting me, and I was like, I'm really sorry. I can't get back to you. I told my bite, my boss to go bite herself. And... <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, it's just one of those days. <laughs> to go bite herself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Bite me, bite me. <laughs> well, well. Oh my goodness. So cute. Matt, you're famous, buddy. Oh, uh, what do you guys think about uh, Earl Nightingale and just doing a short, uh, like a a trip into uh, his thing? Amanda, have you ever read that that essay by him? No, I don't believe so. So I thought, um, I thought when we finished this bit of these chapters in Wallace Waddles, um, I would, I mean, I could, I could just read it on my own, which is fine, but I always get so much out of hearing, you know, your interpretations and your experience with some of this stuff. 
Yeah, personally, I'm open to it. I mean, I went ahead and, you know, I, I looked at what you sent, Ellen, and I, I couldn't get the audio on that because it was on a PDF. I couldn't get the audio to click, but I just went out and searched it online and listened to an audio of it yesterday when I was doing some chores, and I was like, oh, this is a lot like Wallace Waddles. So, I mean, it's, you know, even some of the words that are used. So, um so, yeah, I'm open to it. He talks about, you know, that it's a 30-day, basically he's suggesting a 30-day program. Yeah. About using those <laughs> principles for 30 days. So, anyways, um, yeah, I'm open to it. And, you know, like I would mentioned in the email, it's, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy to do it. And if you wanted to pick up the mantle and kind of figure out how you want to, you know, how we ought to break it down, how you know, what your suggestion is for breaking it down and kind of doing what, when, um, I would welcome that. Um, and then, you know, I can I can set up the calls on this talk to you to continue using the same number. I got your email on that. So, yeah, I can set it up so we can keep using it. So um, I'm totally open to doing it. I think it's right in alignment with what we've been doing. So. And so a few weeks, right? So we're not talking about having to try something new for, you know, six, six months or something. It's a few weeks, but I think it'll support what we're already working on. So that's my two cents. Yeah, I'm good with it, too. It looks like, well, that's great. Um, it looks like <clears throat> Tuesday, April 10th is the last of this series. Um, we'll be covering chapter nine, talk that builds. So maybe we could do the Earl Nightingale material, you know, the next week. Um, I it's I like to, to have a short bit of reading to study, which I love the way that you've been breaking out the chapters. You know, it's just not that much reading. So I can actually just get up early and review it right before our call up in the morning. And um, I don't know, we could break it down. Do, do, do you want to do um, a whole month on it? Or my, my first initial thought without having, I haven't really read it. Um, I haven't studied it. I've skimmed it. I read the first part. So we could do a two or three week series on it. And then maybe the fourth week move move back to some Wallace Waddles material, but do a check-in about how we finished up our 30 days. Yeah, any of that any of that is fine with me. I you know, I, I listened to it, so I didn't read it to say, okay, if I were gonna try and structure this, how would I do it? I didn't actually mm-hmm. sit down and do that that part of it. I just listened to it and listened to the concepts, and I thought, well, it's only what ten pages long or something, but it is meaty. So yeah, there's quite, there's quite a bit in it in terms of you know it's it's pretty meaty stuff for being such a short treatise. So you know, just when I was listening to it, I was like, there's a lot here to consider, and. So, you know, I think it would have to, 
you know, it would need more than one week. So I think your thought of splitting it up over two or three weeks would be a great idea. Because, yeah, I agree with you. It would, you know, I like the fact that, you know, if the reading is chunked up a little bit, so it doesn't feel quite so, you know, it feels more manageable. And I can get it done and not, <clears throat> not feel like I'm putting it off because it feels like a project. So. Yeah, I like, yeah, bite-sized pieces. So, so you, you guys just trust me to break it up and give us about about the amount of information to digest in a week that Cheryl's been doing. And I, I think that turns out to about three weeks. Yeah, sounds great to me. So I'll, I'll do that and uh, send you guys, you know, how we're, how we're going to break it up. And I, what I think is going to be interesting is to do, to, we'll probably go down a couple rabbit holes comparing the two, um, you know, the two authors' different approaches and how concepts relate to one another. Um, and then there is a, a practical aspect of applying it to our lives. Yeah. So that will be really fascinating, too. Yeah, I'm going to – and what I'm going to do is actually read the, the practical part of it, like what he suggests to do for 30 days. Like, I'm, Personally, I'm going to read that, you know, before we get started so I can get started on doing that part of it you know because it's you know the way that I heard it is that you do it for 30 days and if you miss a day you kind of start the clock over again so you know sometimes I have to have a couple of goes at things before I can do that thing where I'm doing it like every day for 30 days without missing a day the whole you know which takes takes focus for me to do that. And that's his whole thing is just, you know, just focus on it for 30 days, like instead of setting ourselves up for it being too hard, just focus on it for 30 days, and but really be focused on it for 30 days and, you know, watch how your life transforms, basically is what he was saying. So I like the idea of that. So, yeah, I'm open. I'm open. I look forward to it. It'll be fun to do something a little bit different, but that's very similar. So, All right. well, I'll make a recommendation then. I'll, I'll I'll send you guys an email making a recommendation. Cool. Sounds great. Sounds great. I, and I'm and I, I'm going. I didn't recommend uh, thirty days because I I just didn't want to. Um, I don't want to come off like I'm trying to hijack our study, you know, or take too much time with this. But um, I just, I just would love to study it with you guys, and as much time as you're willing to put into digesting it would be great. Yeah, I mean, I'll leave it up to you. Me personally, I'm not averse to the 30 to doing it over 30 days. Um, just, you know, as if, you know, so I'm totally going to leave it up to you, but just so you know, I don't feel like we need to hurry through it to get back to Wallace because it's, when I listened to it, I was like, it's basically saying the same thing as Wallace said. That's why I sent to you in that email. I wonder if you read Wallace's stuff because yeah. so, it is, there's so much similarity to it that there's nothing controversial. So, you know. So I'm open. However you want to structure it, Ellen, I'm not, I, you know, 
I'm I'm down with it. And if you want to take the 30 days, I'm down with that too. If you want to escalate it and do it in two or three weeks, I'm totally down with that. So, not I have no I don't have a dog in that hunt. I'm just I'm just going to try and do the 30 day part of it because I figure if we're going to study it, uh, I just want to try at least to see if I can discipline myself to do what's suggested in it because he says that the results are significant. So I thought, well, it'd be a good 30 day experiment. So. Um, cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to a racetrack tomorrow to see about the soldier event. It's one of the two that I was thinking about doing, and the guy said he would work with me on it. So I'm going to go do a site visit tomorrow and talk to the guy. It turns out his dad um, passed away from the effects of being a soldier in the Korean War. And so he's highly motivated to find ways to help and support. And he made some suggestions and offered some things that might be able to get on board to support it. So I was like, oh, well, all right then. There are no accidents. (laughs) There are no accidents. So anyway, so I'm going to go do that tomorrow. And then I got a call. I wanted to tell you guys this. I got a call Sunday. I'm quite... from a friend who actually founded a charity. Primarily what their charity does is just that they primarily donate money to other charities, so they don't really do a lot of their own programs where it's kind of like it's their program and their charity hooks their name on it. They mostly just donate to other programs um, that are charities. And so, and, you know, we had just been talking about what I what I'm up to and this thing that I want to do for the the soldiers, you know, just in the course of talking about all the things we always talk about as friends. So she called me yesterday and said she wondered if I would consider coming on board with their charity to become a part of the charity, so that they could actually offer these programs to soldiers um, in partnership with me as an extension of their charity because then they can funnel money towards it. And she said, I thought we would just do a small-scale test of, like, you know, a one-year program. And if we like it, then we can talk about doing it some more. And I was like, a one-year program? I'm thinking to myself, that is not a small-scale test to me. Um, Anyway, so she said she was interested in talking about it and figuring out a way that we could partner to do it so that they could support it because she really would like to do something for the soldiers and it's something she's felt compelled to do and now she realizes that there's a way that she can do it that is something she could get excited about and actually personally participate in. So um, so I was kind of surprised. So I'm going to talk to her um, within the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about it and probably sit down with she and her husband since they have the charity together and kind of formulate what that would look like. So she asked me if I would think about it. And I said, you know, I'm really open to thinking about it. If, you know, if it's something where we can partner together and do this thing for the soldiers. So anyways, that's kind of swirling around. I don't really know what it will mean, but it was a nice, um, it was a nice phone call to get to be able to, potentially partner with them to keep moving this thing forward for the soldiers, you know, for, for more than a single event. 
so which was her thing as she wanted like to see it be more than a single event so anyways i don't know what it's going to mean ultimately but you know if you guys want to hold space for you know if it's in the highest and best for all that it would work out i will receive that so i'm asking you guys to hold space for me you got it you got it Uh, what if it's just that easy right freaking love that i had that thought myself like yeah oh yeah make it that easy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did have that thought myself like okay i want to be in the space of total gratitude and totally believing it could be that easy so, yeah. Any good vibes. I'm receiving them. I'm open to receiving them. So. Amazing. All right. So, I don't know if you're on the call. I mean, I what I was saying. I'm not sure that I'll be able to be on the call next week because I'm going to be at this retreat. And I don't know, you know, they're basically telling us that there's not much cell service up there. So, um, you know, the conference line is set up so you guys can get into it. And if I can get on the call, I will. And, you know, I'll try and figure it out before Tuesday so I can let you guys know in advance. But I'm just kind of trying to give you guys a heads up now just so you have advance warning. Okay. All right, ladies, well, have a good week. Hey, but before we hang up, um, real quick, Amanda, what do you think about what we talked about with the uh, the Earl Nightingale thing? Oh, I'm good with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm totally great with it. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we'll finish this and move on to Earl. Little Earl. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for helping me understand the chapter. Have a great week. Thanks, you guys, too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.